401k rules for a partnership. Hey everyone, Adam Bergman here, tax attorney and founder of Myra Financial. And today's ad bit, part five of a five-part series on solo 401k rules. So if you've been following along with me, this is the final episode. Uh, we started all the way back with sole proprietors, went to single member LCs, we skipped over partnerships, just wanted to save that to the end till today. And we then tackled C-Corps, S-Corps, and then finally, partnerships. So a lot of people don't realize that, yes, if you have a partnership, you can still have a sole OK. And a partnership means you have an entity, LLC, or an actual partnership, that you have two or more owners. So the difference between a single member LLC and an LLC with two or more owners is a single member LLC is treated as a disregarded entity for tax purposes. And an LLC with two or more owners is treated as a partnership. Now they're both flow throughs, okay? The only difference is a single member LLC files its taxes on a Schedule C, which is attached to the taxpayer's tax return form 1040. And a partnership files a 1065, which is a separate standalone tax form. Both both cases, there's still no entity level tax, whether it's a single member LLC or a multiple member LLC with two or more partners, there's still no entity level tax. That LLC is still treated and taxed as a pass-through entity, but only difference is one is treated as a disregarded entity, Schedule C, single member LLC, and then the other partnership files its own federal 1065 and a state-related form which is also a state uh, type 1065 form. So how do contributions work, right? Does it work like a single member LLC where you can technically make your employee deferral contributions up until the 1040s filed plus extension? Or is it like a C or S corp where the employee deferrals need to be done by 1231, kind of like a W-2? We know in all cases, whether it's a sole proprietor, single member LLC, C-Corp, S-Corp, and even a partnership, the employer contributions, the 25% in the case of a partnership, not the 20% because it's not a sole proprietor or single member LLC. It's a partnership. So it doesn't file a Schedule C. It's 25% of the what? So partnerships have an interesting concept called a guaranteed payment. It's really kind of like a W-2, but the consensus tax or rulings, the IRS take the position that if you have a partnership, you should get paid as a guaranteed payment. Now, a lot of partnerships just issue their partners W-2. It's the same idea, but the real way is to actually have on the form 1065, there's a box for guaranteed payment, which means wages. You know, the accountants debate this all the time. I've gotten into, you know, some interesting discussions with, um, my own accountant, actually, and then some uh, clients' accounts about should it be a W-2, should it be a guaranteed payment, is there a difference, who cares? I don't think it's a big issue. Technically, I think the correct answer is you should actually treat it as a guaranteed payment on the 1065, but from a practical standpoint, it doesn't matter. And from a solo 401k matter, it's really treated like W-2. So kind of like a C, or not kind of, like a C or S corp, the guarantee payments, you know, that's your wages. You know what it is, whether it's, it's in March or whether it's in June, you kind of know what your wage will be, what your guarantee payment or what your W-2 is. 
Whereas if you have a sole proprietor or a single member LLC, as I mentioned in previous podcasts, you don't know what that number is, right? You got to kind of sit down with your accountant, your tax preparer, kind of go through all your numbers, your expenses, deductions, all kinds of things to get to your net schedule C. So it's not something you're going to know in April or December. It's something you're going to know hopefully before April 15th. Um, you know, maybe not, right? You may just pay like estimated and, and you may not know until the summer. You will have to know before October 15th, but sometimes it takes um, you know, some um, discussions with your preparer to kind of get your number because um, they need to talk with you and make sure you have uh, all your available business-related documentation so they can actually get your right number. Now, if you go to a C, Kelworth, S-Corp, guaranteed payment on a partnership, you know what it is. So that means your guaranteed payment, the employee deferral, just like a C-Corp or S-Corp, must be done by 1231. The intent is that the contribution must be done by 1231. The partnership files a tax return April 15th or April 18th this year. 2023 for the 22 taxable year. And then you have an extension until October 15th. Okay. So employer contributions can be done up until October 15th. If you file an extension or when you actually file your tax return, but the employee deferrals, which is 22,500 or 30 K if you're over 50 for 2023, that needs to be done by 1231 technically, just like a C or S corp. Um, partnerships, as I mentioned, Two or more owners, could be two spouses, just could be two people. And as long as you have no non-owner employees, so no partners, no spouses of partners that work more than a thousand hours in a year or three consecutive years, 500 hours, you are still eligible for a solo K. So you can have instances where you have a partnership of seven people and maybe you have no non-owner employees. Maybe it's just spouses to kind of do the work. Um, could be a legal practice, accounting practice, dental, medical, architecture, actuarial, whatever it is, right? Maybe you have three owners and their spouses kind of work in the office. So you have no non-owner employees, right? And a spouse is not considered an employee. So technically, even though you have, may have five, six, or seven um, folks that are working for the business, seven, maybe there's three, four guarantee payments, maybe three, four um, W-2s. If they're your spouses, they don't count as employees or if someone works less than a thousand hours, they're not deemed an employee for ERISA. So technically you can still have a solo K, even though you may have three owners, six owners, nine owners, whatever the case uh, may be. So um, just because you have more than one owner doesn't mean you're not eligible for a solo K. A lot of folks think that and they're like, oh, I got two partners, three partners. Yeah, we do all the work. We have no employees, it's just us, but we have more than one, so we're not a solo. No, the word solo K, it's not a term you'll find in the tax code. It's not a legal term. It just means a 401k for no, that for a plan, for a business that does not have any employees full-time other than the owners of their spouses. So as I mentioned, you can have a situation where you have 50 partners, right? And maybe there's one person that does the work. Maybe it's a partner. Maybe it's a spouse of a partner. Or maybe it's 10 people like an ice cream shop that work less than 1,000 hours, right? Say you have an ice cream shop in Maine and it's only open three months a year. You can have two owners, three owners, four owners, but maybe you have a couple of kids that work in the summer. They all work less than a thousand hours. So you technically can have a solo K, even though you have all these owners and, and these potential employees. Yes, you still give them a W-2, but because they work less than a thousand hours, 
they're home free. Or maybe it's just, you know, husband and, and wife. Um, the wife owns a business, the husband works because their spouses are not deemed uh, employees for risk. So um, the point is partnerships, guarantee payments, treat like W-2, employee deferral should be made by 1231. Employer contributions you have until the partnership return is filed, April 15th, plus extension all the way till October 15th. Um, that's it. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, this five-part series. A lot of fun. Gotten a lot of great feedback. People are super happy that I broke it down per entity type because I know it gets confusing and everyone's kind of focused on their type of business. So that's what I wanted to do, create this legacy where people can go back, whether it's a a year or two years or three years, and I will update them, but the rules aren't going to change. The numbers may change, but you're still going to have to make the employee deferrals for W-2, whatever that amount is, by 1231. So I just wanted to break it down. hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope it was helpful. Um, that's it. Next week, we will start on some something else, something new. Got to move out of the solo cave for a, for a while, maybe do IRAs, real estate. I don't know. Something fun. Don't worry. It's going to be great. So um, make sure to check it out next week. Tuesday. Otherwise, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I uh, really appreciate you guys spending some time here today. Um, that's it. Have an incredible rest of your day, and I'll see everyone again next Tuesday. Ciao. Take care.